Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. What's up, guys? This is Ruben and Paige (laughs) on Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. And this title was, I should say this podcast was the first one where we titled it before we actually got into it and did the whole thing. Usually the titling happens after the fact based on the conversation. But um, I've been checking out some of Paige's content, primarily, I think, on Instagram stories. And you do that so well, Paige, so you got to like teach us a little bit. Um, But it's just this idea of attracting success and the law of attraction. And we've explored that topic a little bit. There's obviously the secret and it's a cool thing, but it's so relevant. And um, Paige has a really interesting perspective on it. So uh, Paige, you just got back from the Caribbean, I think. And uh, talk to us. What is the, the law of attraction? How do you attract success? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and and keep in mind, this is not something I'm a huge expert at. This is something that has come into my life in the last couple of years. Nice. Um, and I've learned this through a lot of other incredible people on the internet. But basically, uh, for the last seven years, I've been developing websites, building sales funnels, setting up automations for different companies, CEOs, and business owners. And there was a common thread that I was finding, which is A lot of people were chasing money, but not really chasing fulfillment. And when you actually do it in the other way around, it makes the money easier and it makes everything more fulfilled. So one of the biggest thing that was really a new experience for me was seeing this graph that was talking about the emotional vibration uh, of emotions. And so the lowest vibrational emotions are guilt, shame, fear, um, stress, you know, and then your high vibe, um, the highest vibration emotions would be joy, happiness, and purposefulness, right. And so when I realized that, and I learned about this concept called the law of attraction, I realized that we need to start having more fun in our business for everything to flow naturally to us. And so I think a lot of people are are pretty much hearing about law of attraction, I think, maybe not. Um, but yeah. the basic premise is that we are attracting what we're thinking and what we're feeling. And so the one person that I feel like has really put it into perspective for me is Abraham Hicks. And she talks about it being like a radio station. So if you're on a oldies radio station, but you really want to listen to hip hop, like you got to change the station, right? So if you're wanting more wealth or you're wanting a better relationship, but you're thinking something totally different, you're on a different radio station, you got to switch the station. And so our thoughts and the cool thing is with science, they can actually measure it are putting out a vibrational frequency, much like a radio station. And we are essentially attracting and tuning into that throughout the rest of the universe. Mm. Like, does that make sense? That does make sense. So it's, it's a, it's a choice. Yeah. To a certain extent, it's a choice. And why do you think that we do not make that choice? Well, there's a lot of conversation around our primitive mind the mind that's built for just sheer survival. And now that we've surpassed survival and now we're actually 
we're actually creatively wired to be stressed with the notifications on our phones and the way that really technology is built to keep us Wait, I'm sorry. Did you just say that we are creatively wired to be stressed? We are now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like how many notifications oh. do we get a day? Um, so you're, you're so right. <laughs> yeah. So our primitive mind is. Wait, like, I have to ask you a question. Do you, yeah. do you put your, do you put your phone on airplane mode when you go to sleep? Oh, um, I put it on silent. Ah, okay. Airplane mode is good. I also sometimes I get in a good habit of like putting it um, outside the room or, but I'm not, I'm not a perfect example of it. I will say I've stopped scrolling through social media in the morning and I actually put on a good guided meditation instead. Um, but yeah, but I think our default mode is based on habitual patterns. So once we've beaten the survival tendencies and we have our, you know, our basic needs met, then we're just thinking whatever we've been patterned to believe. So when people are asking me, okay, well, how do I get into the frequency of joy? I'm like, well, it's a choice, right? Um, but how do I stay there? Oh, you got to create a new pattern. You have to override all the negativity to create the new habit. That makes sense. And what would you say, because what I've learned in my experience in my few years on this rock is that the people that are attracted to things that make them better and to make them happier have gone through strife. They've gone through trials, tribulations. They've gone through adversity in some capacity. And that has carved a path. It's created a path. It's opened up neural pathways so that they can make better choices. You and I have explored this topic a little bit, but talk to me on that frequency for just a minute like what is it that actually made you want to go through this process yeah that's a really great question so i was your classic overachiever um okay. got straight a's in undergrad i did a division one sport i was like very overachieving and i went to grad school and when i graduated grad school i went into a deep depression and i didn't know like where the overachieving page went and i had like lost all confidence and a big a big portion of that, I'll be honest, is the way that our tuition and our federal student loans have been structured and like the changes over the last decade in American society. So coming out with six figures in debt was a huge blow to my nervous system, let's say. And I realized that not a single person who was a mentor along the way had ever talked about meditation. You know, we, I always had mentors in... Right undergrad, in high school, throughout my graduate school. And they talked to me about the importance of my resume and, you know, like what I was going to do next and what job I was going to get. But not a single person said, you know, the real way to, to have a good life is to focus. I became the thing that I sought out on the internet after I realized that every the system kind of left me um, a little bit like without without a compass for my own internal desires. Right. So yeah, it was it was basically when I hit a low, I I was feeling completely terrified. It was like no longer was it just this energy of being a good citizen and working really hard and like doing something meaningful on the planet. It was also you've got a massive student loan debt to pay, figure out how to pay that and your rent. And I went in, I slipped into a negative reinforcing negative thought pattern about how I wasn't good enough. And I knew I had to change it. And that was when I found out about neuro-linguistic programming. Mm. 
And this idea that if you really want to reprogram, because you can reprogram the neural pathways in your brain, you have to do it habitually. So I invested in a course and listened to the same course for 12 weeks every single day and completely changed my life, tripled my income, just made me feel like I was more in control of who I am. And um, it became less about money and more about purpose after that. So that's really what set everything off. Because you're right, a lot of people might hear this and think that's great for you to meditate daily, but you don't know what I'm going through. And it's like, I, that's only the tip of the iceberg of some of the things that I felt. And I felt hopeless. And um, if you're feeling that way, that's why you even need this even more. Now, when I think about NLP, or at least how I used to think about it, it was that, it was that scene from The Wolf of Wall Street where um, he's was it Zig Ziglar? I think it was he puts on um, tapes or, or records or something from from Zig Ziglar, and it's just like you must believe in yourself. You are an overachiever. You accomplish things. You are successful. What is the new version of of NLP in 2020 now? Because I know it's gone through a lot, and a lot of people are talking about it. And I think a lot of people still don't know what it is. Um, well, again, I'm not the I'm not the expert on it, but the one thing that you I are right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, actually, there's a really interesting story. Um, Tony Robbins, who I think a lot of people know who Tony Robbins is, he was studying this uh, NLP program. It was a certification program, and he was like 80 percent of the way through the certification program, and he just kept teaching people the techniques and he got kicked out of the certification program and they said you can't teach it until you're fully certified and he said i don't need a certification to help other people yes so having said that and knowing that theory and, and believing that to be true um nlp really is a technique to tap into your inner being so whether or not it's real or whether or not it works really depends on if you resonate and you're receiving the information from the person teaching it mm. enough to actually talk to yourself because it's really ultimately about what's inside of you. So um, if you've done an NLP program or you've heard from somebody who's an NLP certified practitioner and you're like, that doesn't vibe with me, it's not, it's not resonating, it's probably just because you're not in resonance with them particularly because it's all about you deep down. So I would say keep exploring it and see about other people that have similar programs. And so what was the process like for you? What did you go through? What was the revelation? I mean, that's really interesting what you mentioned. You tripled your income. You found a lot more contentment potentially. Tell us about the process. Yeah. Um, so again, it's, I think it's, it's about daily, daily practice because I had to override so many things that I was telling myself daily. Uh, you're going to struggle to get to the end of the month. Your credit, your, your rent's probably gonna have to go on credit cards. Like you're, you haven't figured out how to be good enough. You paid, you're not doing well in business, all this stuff. Right. And so I had to rewrite that enough times to where I could have a new threshold. for what was And what does that mean? Writing that? Do you mean that literally figuratively? Um, a little bit of both. So it was a combination, like specifically what it was, 12 weeks of audio program daily. Okay. And then also a combination of writing out my goals on worksheets. Um, There's a program called Winning the Game of Money by John Asraf um, okay. out of a company called Neurogym. And the way I like to describe it, the audio programs were like a combination of sound therapy, brain research, um, technology, because it would actually like change in right and, and left audio channels. And then also guided guided meditation where mm. he would be 
getting you into a deep relaxed state and then basically reinforcing positive affirmations around money and success. Got it. And then is this something that you that you continue to do? Uh, did you go through the program and now that you're sort of evolved or graduated from it? Or is this something that you continue to kind of invest in? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm continuing to invest in and I it's been the program where, you know, you know, if if in the state you're at when you're in this valley, if it can raise you up, then as you raise up, when you continue to reinvest in programs like this, you're just going to go to the next level. So I'm actually currently in round three of this program. Got it. Um, why don't more people do this? Some people don't know. Some people really don't know. Like I, I think I get to a point where I'm constantly watching mindset videos and I'm constantly reading about this stuff and investing in it. But some people really don't know if you grew up in a household where your parents didn't control their emotions or talk about personal development, your school system definitely let you down by not talking about meditation or mindset. And your scientific upbringing was probably like how to dissect a frog instead of, you know, the vibrations of our being. Mm, right. Yeah. And so I think this concept of like self power and our purpose on this planet is kind of, it's been on the outskirts. And so to bring that into mainstream, like, thank goodness we have the internet today because without the internet, I would probably still be sitting in my car on the 405 freeway, freaked out about my life, right? Yeah. And so with the internet, I've been able to tap into some brilliant minds for free and for an investment, and it's completely changed my life. So I think anyone hearing it, right? Like if you're in a negative thought process, if you're feeling less than uh, abundant about your possibilities in life, you owe it to yourself to go investigate. Well, I think one of the one of the biggest problems here when I think about really these these I would say it's really three realms. So the first is meditation, the second is NLP, and then the third is just that the idea of of making a choice and this idea that contentment is is just a it's a choice that we make frankly. And I think that when you look at these three things, a lot of people struggle with these three things. Meditation, there's an association to religion or to being a hippie or something that's too abstract or too esoteric, something that people just don't understand, right? Uh, with with respect to NLP, I think people hesitate a little bit because there's this idea of, is this playing tricks on me? Is it, am I being hypnotized? What is this? I don't understand it. And then I think this idea of making a choice towards contentment it's well, my life is just too tough for that. How am I gonna how am I gonna get past that when I have all these conflicts in front of me and all this stress? Like how can I make that choice to like quote unquote be content? But there's such an interesting alignment in all three of these things, at least from my perspective. Meditation, it's just about channeling energy. That's all it is. Like I had I was fortunate to meditate this morning. You know, I'm grateful for that opportunity. Meditation, 20 minutes, it's like four hours of sleep. Like it li literally is four hours of sleep, you know? Um, NLP is just, at least from my perspective, what I know, it's just, it's affirmations and it's a framework. And I want to learn more about this. I, I really do. But it just sounds like something that we all, it's like nurturing the soul, you know? And then, and then with respect to making that choice of contentment, I mean, why wouldn't you? Like you're going to spend your whole life having event-based happiness. Uh-uh, it's not going to happen, you know? So, you know, I'm not, I'm not a perfect at this. I'm like continually striving to, um, to, to, to get better at this, but like, it's inspiring to hear you talk about this. 
Oh, thank you, Ruben. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with everything you said. And for me, I'm still learning new things as I, you know, like you said, I just got back from the Caribbean and I had a tendency because I was working remote. I had a tendency. I started to like reflect on my days, the days where I grinded through and I was like, I got to get all these things done and my to-do list. I got to build this thing and um, all this work on those days. I actually looked and I had a lot less business inquiries on mm. days that I would actually go out on a boat and swim and snorkel. I'd come back to an inbox full of inquiries <laughs> and okay. like that might sound crazy, but right. it's all about the energy we have and the vibration we have. So the, the, the trick is really convincing ourselves that we can be happy and we can work less and we can make more based on our vibration. And I think like a really simple way to put it for people that are still like, I don't know, you guys, this is totally hippie, right? Like to <laughs> um, the way to put it is because you are experiencing the, these level of connection, the level of connection, whether or not you're really tapped into it. Like, have you ever thought about somebody and then they call you or they text you? You haven't talked in a while. That part of it. And so anyway, there, there are little tiny little coincidences that you might call them that are all about your alignment with the planet. And I think one of the things that Abraham Hicks has always continually reminded me of through her teachings is that even the negative stuff, even the bad stuff, like the parking ticket you didn't want, it's all coming from a vibrational place. And then mm. people are like, well, how? I didn't want bad things to happen to me but it's coming from a place of lack that we're thinking of or feeling, whether it's consciously thought of or it's something buried deep down that things are going wrong or something, a pattern you learned from your parents, whatever it is, you still are the manifester of your reality, whether or not that's good or bad. So I'm with you. I'm like, okay, well, if we have the choice, <laughs> we might as well strive for the highest feeling thoughts because then the highest feeling reality can become possible. Well, I think when anyone that's trying to build a business, you know, they're like, well, we need to generate revenue. We need to generate sales. We need to get some clients. We need to get happy customers. And it turns on this reptilian instinct for some, not for all, where you need to grind. You know, this idea of hustle porn was invented like <laughs> I, I don't know when that was like t 10 years ago or something. I don't even know if it's appropriate to say it like that, but it's it is what it is. And we see it on the on on pictures on the wall and we see it on the Internet. And there's all sorts of personalities out there that are just saying like grind and sleep when you're dead. And you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's stuff like that. Like, you know, even the t-shirt culture and that whenever I've done that in my life, it has not brought me what I want. It, it has not brought me the success. In fact, it, oftentimes it brings me the opposite. It makes me unhealthy. It makes me not sleep in the right way. It makes me not exercise. It makes me not think and make the right choices. Like I don't have perspective, you know? Um, when I'm in so deep and I'm like surviving, I'm just absolutely not thriving. Yeah. So how can we all get in this like thrive mentality? Like you, I mean, you coach people and you help people to, to build their business through technology. You're extremely savvy when it comes to automation and there's so many kind of stacks that you can work through. Like, how do you, how do you guide people on the, the technical part, but also the, three layers behind that on the confidence and the, the choice and, and the, the perfect golf swing or the perfect tennis swing where it's not, you're not too tight, you know? Yeah. Um, thank you for asking. So, and 
my experience coaching, I mean, the best thing I can do is ask the question, what do you really want? Because not everyone really wants a Gary Vaynerchuk lifestyle where the man wakes up at 3 a.m. He's got a cameraman following him. He's got a, you know, like a massive company with massive payroll. Not everybody wants that. But yet we're listening to the sleep when you're dead mentality. Right. So I guess a really good example, a prime example is a woman that came into um, our coaching program and she was saying, "Okay, help me set up the tech. I want to build a sales funnel that's going to automate the process of selling my photography services. And I just kept going those three layers deep. I said, what is it that you really want? Let's first design your vision for your life before we build the technology and the automations to then create the income for you to have that lifestyle, right? Like, let's really start from the beginning. Mm. And she started to just crack wide open. She said, well, Actually, matter of fact, when I book these wedding photography packages, I miss my family all weekend. I miss Mm. my kids. I miss my husband. It doesn't feel aligned for me. And so she completely shifted what she was building for her business based on what she wanted to build for her life. And when we come from that place, everything becomes more powerful. The clients we want, the revenue we want, the impact we want to make in the world comes from a place of knowing that you're creating your life to serve others, but you're creating ultimately your life for your, for yourself first. And, um, and so she switched that and she's now replacing her photography income with her impact, her impact driven business, um, called paradigm shifters. And I'm just like, I'm super proud of her. Um, and she's given me a lot of feedback around how a lot of other business coaching, uh, kind of courses or services would just go, what do you want to build? Okay, let's build it. And I said, what do you want to build? Okay, let's build it. But why do you want that? And what do you really want your life to look like? You know, you know where I really get that is I really get that when it comes to conferences, because conferences for me, they they're so hit or miss and they're so uncertain. You never know what you're going to get when you go to a conference. It's it's a, they're a little antiquated, I guess. Um, they're less digital. It's a lot more handshakes, a lot more in person demos, stuff like this. But it's it's like the serendipity that you're kind of waiting for. Like, who is that head of marketing or that head of sales that's going to stop by our booth? Or I'm going to meet in the elevator, at, you know, in front of the iced tea stand and, and just hit off a conversation with. And sometimes you get that. Sometimes you don't. You know, it's very hit or miss. It's very unpredictable. But that idea of of hope and what is it? Is it greed? Is it hope? Is it, you know, is it faith that when you get on the airplane and you're headed over to Vegas or Austin or New York or whatever, that you're actually going to realize that? What, how do we, how do we just live and enjoy and not say, you know what, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. It's, it's going to be a journey and it's not about the destination. And even if I don't land that big deal and, and actually pay the 10 grand or 20 grand that it cost me to get this, you know, what if I just know that down the line, it's it's all for like a, a, a bigger purpose, I suppose. That's something that I always struggle with of, of the conference thing, because you're away, you're away from your family. And you know, you're you might be unhealthy, you might not go to the gym, you might drink more than you want to drink. Um, what is your take on that on living life for the journey and not really the destination? Oh, gosh. Well, um, that's like the ultimate question of life, right? And I think what you were kind of talking about is this tuning into the universal faith of if I don't get this immediate gig or this immediate sale or isn't there isn't an immediate return on investment, 
is it still for the long run? It, do I still have faith in my universal destiny on this planet? And Ruben, that's a great one, man. And it's something that I'm constantly asking myself because I do go through those, I go through those months where I've restructured something or tried something new and it doesn't immediately pay off. And we have to continue to go back to that faith that when we stay in the right vibration, it's all going to happen. So, I mean, that's absolutely like, that's so powerful for really for the planet. If we can start to think that way, I think one of the biggest things is shifting from a focus on uh, an ROI being income to an ROI being impact. And I, one of the, one of the people I looked up, up to most in this arena would be Brendan Bruchard, um, who does the high performance training and coaches people, millions of people around the world. And he talks a lot about the fact that you need to stop making it about you. You need to start making it about the people you serve. So um, that's for me. I know that shift can tap us back into it. Um, but yeah, but I would say, you know, I mean, also too that creative conversation around, okay, well, is the conference really my, my best uh, thing that I want to do right now? Could I find more joy doing something else that might actually bring in that income or that next big client, that sort of thing? Got it. And then you, I realize in speaking to you that one of your superpowers is being able to kind of speak to an individual person and have that personal connection, but then also do it in a social video, in a Instagram story, you know, to, to get people to feel like they're connected with you. Like whether you did that video specifically for them or not, I think that's one of your superpowers. And how do you, how do you do that? Did that come naturally? You know, a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people, they click record and they put a, a video up on Instagram or LinkedIn and people on the other end don't feel like they're really connecting, you know? Um, what, what's your take on that? <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. That's really kind of you. Um, so this podcast is actually called the compliment loop. <laughs> <laughs> But secretly, I give compliments just so that I can learn from people's superpowers. Oh <laughs> so my please teach me. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, you're incredibly charismatic on camera. And, you know, I've got some things to learn from you as well. Uh, but thank you for saying that. I would say that a lot like anything, it comes with doing it repeatedly. I just keep going back to this habitual thing. I think a lot of what we're fed nowadays is quick done in an instant, you don't need this without ads, all this stuff. And it's like, everything's supposed to happen in 28 days. And um, in reality, I have been going live on camera uh, since 2006. And so it comes naturally to me because I do it all the time. And I appreciate you. I've learned a lot from some incredible marketers about how to really talk to one person while being on camera to publish it for social media followers. So um, I'm learning as I go, but I would say definitely if you put out a video and there's crickets or you watched it again and you cringe because you were awkward, just keep going. Just keep, keep recording clips, keep going because you will inevitably get better. It's like roller skating. Like you're not always going to fall over. You're going to get better. Yeah. And you're an athlete. So we're a former athlete. What did, what did you play? What was your sport? Um, so I did soccer, basketball, volleyball, rowing in college, lacrosse, and triathlon. Okay. 
And and um, when was the last time you did a triathlon? 2010, I did a full Ironman. It was actually my last triathlon. Is it still called Ironman? It's not called like Iron Person. <laughs> yeah, it's still called Ironman. Yeah, it doesn't. Isn't that not right? <laughs> you would think. Yeah, um, maybe it's Times Person of the Year. It's not Times Man of the Year anymore. Right, right. Um, but yeah, that was the last um, triathlon I did, and. Um, you know, whether or not you've played sports or not, I think being a part of any kind of team club or society is a big component of who we are as human beings. And I mean, it's obviously been a massive part of my life. I'm like a, a sports addict when it comes to like, I'll be on any team I can. Mm. But it's, it also translates into our business. So if you're trying to run a business and you don't have a team or a club or a tribe, then you're not doing it the way that humans are actually wired to achieve, right? I never could have become MVP of my basketball team if I wasn't on a team, if I was just like throwing balls around by myself, right? <laughs> no I in team, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's really no, uh, this concept of solopreneuring. Um, I, I find that, that word solopreneur to be synonymous with freelancer burnout. Um, because wow. trying to do everything alone is not natural for our human existence. I mean, that is, does someone call themselves a solopreneur? Some people do. Yeah. And mm. there's uh, quite a few people that are in the uh, service industry that are, you know, starting their online business and they're having a hard time transitioning from a freelancer just a solo person for hire to an actual business owner. And that's the big thing is if you are trying to do it by yourself, it's a really big leap. It's really hard to do. It's something I learned the hard way. Um, and if you actually get yourself into a club or a team or a tribe, then that changes the game entirely. And one of your, one of the things that you coach is, is tribe specifically. I mean, that's one of your bullets. It's one of your topics. I remember that in the past conversation. Um, what does that mean? How do you teach that? Is it brand building? What does that mean exactly? Yeah. So, well, I actually create tribe because there's a couple of things that I feel like are really powerful. Um, to have tribe, I feel like you need to be seen and you need to be heard. There's an amazing um, book called Tribe Called Bliss. And it's basically about using the old, uh, th this was formulated by Napoleon Hill, the term mastermind, which is now thrown around a lot lately, but it was Napoleon Hill's observation that when you have two or more minds together, creates a mastermind. And so I really like to use the word tribe based on that concept and this book called A Tribe Called Bliss, that basically we've all heard this phrase, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Or, you know, you are the you are the five people you spend the most time with. Like we've all heard that. But how do you actually facilitate that? And for me, that's through joining a tribe. So my tribe is entrepreneurs that are in the coaching, consulting, course creator or service-based industry. So they might just be a service-based expert, um, like a like a realtor or some other kind of professional professional that sells their services or a graphic designer, that sort of thing. And the way I really facilitate tribe is through video conferencing. And so you're the video king, you would understand that. But when we can be seen and when we can be heard, 
that can allow us to actually implement our vision quicker. So the biggest component of meeting regularly with the tribe is accountability. And for a lot of people, it's not the lack of knowledge because knowledge is infinitely available and you don't necessarily need to like, you don't have a hard time accessing the information. We have a hard time implementing on what we're learning. And a lot of people get stuck just learning, learning, learning and not doing. So I believe so wholeheartedly that the answer to that is accountability. And the way to get accountability is through tribe. And they've actually measured it. The American Society of um, Training and Development talks about how you are 95% more likely to reach your goal when you have regular um, accountability meetings. And what is what does that mean? What's an accountability meeting? Who is that with friends? Is that with people from your office? Is there a framework for that? Yeah, well, the framework in the book that I love is all about finding people that are walking along similar paths, right? Like your mom may not be the person to be in your entrepreneurship tribe if she's worked the same job for 35 years. She's not going to understand what you're talking about. Also, moms are afraid of everything that we do and any risk we take, right? <laughs> So your tribe may also not be your high school buddies that you've been around for decades that work a standard job when you're trying to create an online empire, right? So surrounding yourself with people that are walking the same path is really the key component to finding the right tribe for you. So like, just like, like-minded individuals, um, how, is that networking? Is that friend making? What is that? I think it's joining really good programs. Okay. I, I really do. I think there are a tremendous number of amazing programs. And so to join a program that says, okay, in three months time, we're going to map out this for your business, but you're going to do it with the support of other people. I think that's the, the biggest, most incredible thing. So I've paid um, for a number of online courses that have had really incredible trainings in them, but no tribe component. It was completely log in, do it yourself. I was never the girl who wanted to take the online course. I wanted to show up in the classroom, raise my hand, you know, get paired up with teams to do group work in college so that it didn't all fall on just my self-motivation to log in and do the online course. Like, I feel like we've all had those friends in college where they did it because it was the easy way and like nobody was looking in on them. They were just like, you know, I don't know, just doing the assignments as like bare minimum, but that's not going to get you ahead in life. Right. And so if you've ever struggled to implement the stuff you're learning, even if the training is really good, it's probably because you aren't able to speak about it with other people. Because the element of tribe is not necessarily getting everybody's advice. It's just being heard. And that's really powerful because when you can talk about your vision, that's when it can become a reality. When you can talk about your vision, then it can become a reality. That's important. That's really important. A lot of people get that stuck in their head. You know, it's just like you got this vision, but you know what? It's so safe to have that vision in your mind. It's so yeah. safe because you're not vulnerable. You know, and it's like, I remember at one point in my life, actually multiple times in my life, I had an idea, right? And the fact that I had an idea, it gave, it gave me contentment. I walk around and I had this certain air about me, you know, and I, I wouldn't let people know about it. I was in, um, what's that called again? Um, I was in where you're in like the secret mode of the business. Um, uh, there's a cool way to say that. I forgot. 
Um, but like like secret mode of the business where you don't tell someone the idea You're like, oh, well, if, if we're going to pitch this, you have to sign an NDA because, you know, <laughs> we, we don't want anyone to st stealth mode, stealth mode. <laughs> so I was in stealth mode a couple of times in my life. And there's something so cool. And it, it like it, it almost kind of like strokes your ego, you know, because you, you, you feel like important. And I realized really quickly on that, like, that was just a terrible place to be, that stealth <laughs> mode. Because there's no such thing as stealth mode. I mean, if you're in stealth mode, that means you're not receiving feedback. You know, you're not having people say that that sucks or people pay <laughs> you or not pay you or subscribe or cancel, Yeah. you know, and um, but it's so safe and it's so complacent. You know? yeah. um, how can people get outside of their comfort zones so that they can actually accomplish what they want and and share that idea? Because sharing the idea with the tribe, with the like-minded people, it's all based on, I think, vulnerability and maybe trust. Yeah. 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 It's a real vulnerability with ourselves. But when we're seen by other people, there's actually studies to back up the fact that it will help it become more, the likelihood of us succeeding increases. Um, I heard a, a really good video once from a, a guy that I follow that I, I really appreciate. And he was talking about the psychology behind what you just said. Being in stealth mode, I find so many people that are in stealth mode on the thing that's in true alignment for themselves. So they they want to be a, a Reiki practitioner, right? That's an alignment mm. for them to make their money as a hairdresser, right? And so they're in stealth mode on the dream because they're they're living the practical life. And I once heard this framework of we do it because it's easier to fail at something we're not truly in love with because if we fail, we're like, okay, whatever. I didn't really even want to be a hairdresser. Right. But if it's the thing we love and we fail at it, what does that mean? Like that's the ultimate breakdown. You're like, Oh, if I loved it and I, I failed at it. So I think to answer your question is how do we get out of stealth mode? Like obviously find a like-minded tribe and talk to them about your true desires and your true dream. Cause that'll be the way to help make it happen. And the other thing too, is to be like really conscious of it. Am I, am I being secretive about this thing? Because it's the thing I really truly want. And I'd rather right. fail at something I don't really want. Right. And then looking at, well, what is even failure? Like, mm. I'll keep going until I succeed because it's the thing that I dream about. So you're right. Vulnerability is definitely out there. If you haven't seen the uh, Brene Brown vulnerability Netflix um, show, that was a fantastic way to break it down that um, we are so much more powerful when we're able to be vulnerable. Um, and yeah, this is such a cool topic because this is almost something I forgot about in my youth. When I was a kid um, and when I was in high school, when I was in undergrad, I was always telling people what I was up to, even if I had no idea how to accomplish it. I was like super tenacious, like, oh, I'm going to build this uh, garden on campus. And I ended up raising like $30,000 to make this project happen just because I told people I was going to do it. Mm. And then I got older and it was like, all the tenacity was beaten out of us. And it was like, just pay your bills and be a good citizen and like play it smart and, you know, don't take all these risks and like, uh, just go get your job. And so I, I've had to relearn this and thank you for bringing this back up again. It's so incredibly powerful for us to announce the things that truly light us up so that um, not only, like you said, can you make the, can you make the sales? Cause you've actually talked about it but you're going to find the people who want to collaborate. You're actually going to attract the people in your life that want to help you see it happen. I have learned so much about this from 
my kids. <laughs> yeah, they're the most tenacious. And the connection to that, I mean, it's not connection to the inner child. It is inner child. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's outer child. It's it's the embodiment of child. And I've realized that's the one simple path to like happiness and success for myself. It's just it's just understanding the inner child a little bit because the inner child, they they're so unadulterated and they're so innocent and they're so like ready to like take on and be vulnerable and take risks and try new things. And I feel like that's as adults, especially in this day and age where, you know, we have we it's success is kind of like prescribed to us and the path by which to get there that we lose sight of that inner child, you know, and, and as a result, we we're, we miss out. And, we're, and guess what? We don't have as much fun. I mean, you mentioned that in the beginning, and that's been kind of lingering in the back of my mind since you mentioned it, this idea of like having fun while you're working, you know? <laughs> Don't you remember, I mean, our parents' generation or, you know, this idea of working was not having fun. It was taking your lunch pail, proverbial lunch pail, and taking your helmet and just doing whatever it is that you're doing, doctor, lawyer, attorney, like grinding, getting heart failure. Yeah. You know, drinking, like come home and have booze. Right. You know, because you were so stressed and like being angry, you know, yeah. like road rage, like what? Like these are things that need to go extinct real quick. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying life should be perfect, but talk to me about that. What did you mean by that? And how do we do that? How do we have more fun while working? Yeah. I mean, that's so relevant these days. Like who here has angry parents? Because that was the generation before us, right? Like, sorry, mom and dad, if you see this, like who here knows that their mom or their dad was like default frustrated with the world. Like, we can't live like that anymore, people. Like, that's right. crazy. Because right. the more joyful we are, the better experience that everybody around us is going to have. Like, we have to be, you know, like Gandhi says, we have to be the change we hope to see in the world. So yes. I feel like it all comes back to our inner child, right? Like you just said, it's you're actually really lucky to have these kids around you because then they spark that sense of play in you and that sense of tenacity. And like they try and create things that, you know, they don't even have the financial or physical means to do, but they're still like gung ho about it. But, and but my initial instinct is to not do that. My initial instinct, at least, at least most of the time, maybe not all, it's actually to be the parent and to like discipline and say, no, you sh don't color outside the lines. I mean, I'm not like a tyrant or anything. I totally promote <laughs> creativity, but like, I feel, I literally feel my brain saying, you know what, let's, let's not do that. And then I have to correct myself. And I'm like, you know what, go stick your hands in the mud. You know? yeah. It's, it's just mud. It's just sand and water, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And then I have to correct myself. And now it's like a muscle that I'm working on, but it's, it's, it's a different mindset and it feels good. <laughs> totally. Well, you know, maybe something that's super relevant to what we're doing on a daily basis is when we write out that to-do list for the day or look at our schedule, just asking ourselves the question, how can we have more fun with this? If this really is what's on my plate, how am I going to have more fun with it? And maybe it's putting on a fun tune or building in a dance break or, um, I don't know, taking a walk outside, like something to bring us more joy so that the overall day has more fun, right? Like, I feel like that's something that's really a task for all of us because if you're not having fun, like, what are you even doing with your life, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta have fun. I, I got a little a little bit of validation um, in, a, in a business meeting that I recently had where, and I mentioned this before, but I was, it was exciting and it was such a such a cool convo um, with this very very intelligent very smart guy 
he knows so much about automation and integration of tech. Like we, we, at some point we should all have a convo because he's just, he's a geek like us. <laughs> but, um, he, he noticed that in one of my videos that I put out, um, I was riding a scooter, you know, on the boulevard and I was just like dropping tips on like video marketing. And, you know, I remember when I was in that moment and, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, this is a business. We're, we're a little bit corporate. We're a little bit enterprise. We cater to some big companies, you know, and but also kind of like creative, you know, small businesses and stuff. And I'm like, how do you how do you personify a brand and a personality and and live your life where um, where you're you're connected to the inner child, but you're not like being unprofessional or you're being foolish or to the point where people are like, what the heck is going on? And I and I've realized that. If, if you are just being yourself and if you're being authentic and if you provide a healthy balance, it's just like eating. I mean, you have to have a balance of everything. Without the balance, it, everything gets discordant. I mean, the great civilizations that lost balance, they're the ones that, that ended up perishing because the balance got lost and more mo too much money was spent into opulence, into gold, into ego and buying things that they didn't need. And I, and I think about that you know, from our perspective in the things that we're doing, balance, like how do you find balance in your life? A daily reflection and journaling. Yeah. Cause I have really, I have really angry days. Like if I watched my parents for, you know, my entire life, like if I watched or people of my parents' generation generally disgruntled, um, stressed out, maxed out. If I watched that, how was I supposed to learn the opposite and so daily checking in is what i do because i might have really crummy days and like everyone around me is like Paige, you know you're not always positive i'm like i know i'm not like emotions can wane just like the tides of the ocean right um but there's this amazing question that's in the high performance planner that brendan bouchard created and it's like i will feel like i did everything i set out to do today and like i'm gonna feel happy about my day if like at the end of the day, you know, like, uh, and I'm probably getting this wrong, I'm probably quoting it entirely wrong. But that's what I do. I kind of ask myself, like, at the end of the day, at, did I create some happiness, right? I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be solid on my day if I feel this way, when I hit the, um, the pillow at night, right, so to speak. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, now it's all memory foam. So like if you punch, if you punch the pillow, you can still see your fist in it and you can be like, wow, I just put a fist in my pillow. That was not very intelligent of me. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That was a good visual. Yeah. Well, I, I got new pillows, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know, the finer luxuries. And I think yeah. even that, like being super excited about your memory foam pillow is a step up from, you know, like being stuck in the bills or the number of clients you need or like all this stuff, right? Like if we can just come back to what's comforting, what's joyful, what makes me happy. Great. I'm going to reflect on that every single day. It's when we lose track. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a fitness routine. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah. I, okay. Like I'm going, I'm going to get back into running shape and I, I'm running and like the first mile sucks. <laughs> and then um, I do consistently for and I feel like I can keep going and like expanding on it. And then I give it up. Right. And I stop doing it daily or every other day. And then I feel the strain of that again. So the same thing comes with our gratitude. It's a, it's a practice that we exercise 
And that's, that's what can create, right, that sense of, wow, I actually am fulfilled. I actually do choose happiness because I took the time to look at what gives me that joy. So Michelle wrote, I really want spaciousness and fulfillment in my life. And spaciousness, that's so cool. What does that mean? Is that like, what does that even mean? Is that like liberation or like freedom? It's what a cool word. What's yeah. Your, what's your take on that? Uh, well, first of all, Michelle's amazing. Okay. And um, Michelle actually teaches people how to build this into their life because it kind of goes back to that concept. Remember I was talking about how I'm on a, um, I'm on the boat, like yeah. in the Caribbean, and then I'm getting all these business inquiries because I'm in a vibe. I feel like that was spaciousness to allow myself to have a couple of hours to go out and scuba um, instead, or snorkel, sorry, snorkel, instead of being glued to my computer and thinking instead of feeling my way to that higher vibration. So I feel like, um, and perhaps this is what she's saying, I'll check the comments, but I feel like, you know, it's a lot around creating more space mm. because in our society, it's like, okay, the 40 hour work week is now a minimum. The one, one week vacation a year, there's no space in that, right? Mm. Okay, but then you gotta go from work and you gotta, go pick your kids up and you got to go do this thing. You got to be at the thing after that. And then we're not creating any time to just be like children. Right. Yeah. Like going back to the inner child. Right. Yeah. Like when we can create that time for play and creativity, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe it won't be about creating every step of my funnel right now. Maybe it'll be about like drawing something or painting because it'll create the space for me to actually think about the things I want, or I'll come up with a new vision for how to spread my message to people um, by allowing myself the actual time to do that. It's, it's amazing how many people deny themselves free time. You mentioned being creative, having that free time. Michelle's so right, you know, let your inner child come out and play in your business. I mean, isn't that the dream? Like, it sounds so simple, but like, that's all we need to do, you know? That's yeah. all you need to do. Yeah. When we're having fun, people can tell. People want to be a part of it. Totally. Totally. I mean, I think that's what's the, the connection factor. So Xavier Smith, I've been there. <clears throat> I've been there myself. And for me, it's all about, about being choosing it, happy in the unfolding of life while it's going on. So that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool unfolding of life. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. So thanks, Xavier. Really appreciate that. So Michelle actually just gave us some clarification here. <laughs> so I'll let you take this one. Um, here it is. Yeah. Spaciousness to me is freedom in my time, attention, intention, and spending. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, Michelle. Very cool. Very cool. That's so relevant because there's such a huge conversation about financial freedom. And it's like, if we get that at the um, sacrifice of time, do we really truly have freedom? Hmm. Well, it, it's, it's like that, you know, earning the big fat salary um, smack dab in the middle of Manhattan where your rent is here and your food is here and your transportation is here. And like, what actually is your take home income to like allow you to do the things that you want to do in your life? You know, versus if you have a less paying job and if you're in a different place, I mean, geography is just arbitrary, but it's that idea of like your, your actual time to do the things that you want to do. It's not about like a number on your, on your paycheck. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I guess that's just 
it's just a people's choice. I mean, you know, um, yeah. speaking of uh, paychecks, we have launched officially <laughs> the a little segue there, um, the affiliate program through Dub. And I first of all, I wanted to thank you because in a lot of ways you inspired that because in checking out some of your content and seeing how much you help people in your seminars and, um, you know, one of the things that I really here's another compliment. Don't let this get to your head. But one of the things that I really appreciate about you is that you are tactical and you understand the importance of automation and the importance of building technology and landing pages and, you know, forms and workflows and stuff. But at the same time, it's a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about in this conversation, which is like choice and like readiness and, um, you know, accountability and, and confidence and tribe, you know, one doesn't happen without the other. It doesn't matter what your, what your pipes are. It matters you know, what you have in your head and the stories that you want to share people. So what we realized is that, you know, Dub is not, it's not good unless, unless we have people like you that, that are evangelizing it. You know, you're like an early Dub adopter, early Dub user, you've given us feedback, but it's not as a platform, we're not going to scale, we're not going to be good, we're not going to be great um, unless we have, you know, unless we empower people like you to to coach other people and to show other people how to do it. And then frankly, how we can learn how the platform is evolving because we're learning stuff about the platform every day as well. So, you know, first of all, I wanted to thank you, but also I wanted to get some quick feedback on, you know, how we can empower you to, to help evangelize and to help people get success. Cause frankly, we don't succeed unless other people do. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm a massive fan of dub. Um, and as you and I have talked about for a while, my list of software knowledge is pretty much a mile long. I've used a lot of softwares and I've taught a lot of softwares. I've taught entrepreneurs how to use a number of things. And for me, Dub is one of the most empowering tools. And I think that really I started to teach people how to use it in a way that was a little bit out of the box, right? A little bit um, outside the lines. So I'm really thrilled by this new um, affiliate program. And I am launching a digital version of a in-person workshop I did. And so actually you can go to the Empowered Boss Tribe on Facebook, join us in the Empowered Boss Tribe and you'll be seeing us release this digital version. So um, Ruben, I would love to connect in with you on recording some um, short messages for that digital training. But in a nutshell, there's this big conversation about sales funnels and you need this funnel building software. And I teach people how before you elevate to the like really complicated tech and all the specs and all the SEO, you can actually use Dub to create your first video funnel and convert sales leads um, or call bookings, whatever it is that would best serve your business. Nice. That was awesome. That was super concise. Um, how did you get so involved in the tech like how did you dive so so deep because yeah. i i did the same thing and i always like to ask people that yeah um actually when i was a kid um i was 12 years old and my parents started a computer franchise called future kids mm. and it was a, a little ahead of its time and so it was before schools really had um computers in their classroom it was back when you had like the Lotus Notes. And so I've really just been from a kid 
perspective. Like we had, we had bookshelves in our household, but we also had like five bookshelves worth of software. So every time something new would come out, my family had it. And um, like my brother's a computer engineer and my uh, other brother's an artist. And so we've just kind of combined this. So yeah, I, I like to tell people when I was 14, I, I built my first website by uh, line by line by HTML code. My father taught me how to write. Um, and so <laughs> I've just been, I've just been at it since I was a kid and I, I love it. I love it. And really incredible for me today, the tools like Dub that didn't exist a couple of years ago that are absolutely game changing and that are so accessible. And I think a lot of what helps people understand how to use the power of Dub is the confidence, the visibility, the accountability and understanding really the messaging that's going to help convert into sales and leads. Um, but ultimately, like just, just embracing it has been something that I've been doing since I was a kid. That's really cool. It's it's about it's about leaning into to the discomfort, I think. It's a it's about it's about leaning into the the ignorance. It's about leaning into that like the problem. Like god, I I can't tell you how many hours hours I've spent like going through CSS code and going through, you know, an automated workflow and going through like a a, a Zapier workflow and finding finally finding what that bug was, what was what was stopping you know, what, what, it was a semicolon that was supposed to be a colon and that like broke an entire, entire workflow. And it's like the learning along that path is what gave me whatever skill set I have, which is not, not great, I'm saying, but it was definitely the discomfort where I, I learned a lot of things. And I think that, I think that's the definition of innovation. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable. Like what your parents did with future kids. Um, that's innovative, you know, I mean, now it's, it seems very reasonable if they started that yeah. business in Palo Alto, you know, or studio city or Manhattan or whatever, they'd blow up. It'd be a huge franchise. I mean, we need that, you know? Yeah. Um, but this was early nineties in Kentucky. So. That's, I mean, that's, that's vision. So, I mean, you definitely, you definitely, uh, you know, you have that in your DNA, I think. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So I, I really like helping empower people, especially the um, the the forty mid forty year old mm. who has been telling themselves for twenty years now that they're not tech savvy. Um, I liken it to just needing a slight paradigm shift and finding the right software for you. Because Dub is way more empowering than, say, HubSpot, right? And like, it just depends on what your goals are and finding one that you can be comfortable either learning enough to delegate or learning enough to actually use it in your arsenal. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, I, I'll, I want you to be the first person to know this, that Dub is going to be in the email template business officially. We've got a whole marketplace, a whole library of really, really cool looking email templates. Nice. Um, and that's just a cool way to customize the way that you're broadcasting your video messages. Um, we're slowly building those out. So right now we have just a couple right now. Paige, log into your dub account. You'll probably be one of the first people to see them because we just launched it just a couple hours ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, give us some feedback and let us know what you think. Um, you know, if you if you want a custom template built, uh, please let us know. Otherwise, you can just add your own with a little bit of HTML code. Don't recommend that unless you're Paige because it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> Um, but you, you do get the customization. But uh, but that said, um, you know, I want to formally also invite you to the Dub affiliate program. I know you signed up. Um, you know, please start sharing your referral link. 
Um, you know, that's 30% recurring commission. We're so psyched to offer that. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot more than a lot of competitors or a lot of people in the affiliate space do. But we just believe in it, and I think it just makes total sense. And plus, frankly, it's really good for economics because, you know, it offsets customer acquisition costs, and it just allows people to just win collectively, you know? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of it. So um, for anyone still watching at this point, thank you so much for your time and attention. And I would say come join me in the Empowered Boss Tribe Facebook group, and you'll be the first to know when I launch my dub trainings so I yes. can help you build your, your video funnels um, really efficiently. Yes. Thank you so much, Michelle, by the way. Aiden, really appreciate you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Um, so the Facebook group was the Empowered Boss Facebook group. Just type that. Empowered Boss Tribe. Yep. Em Empowered Boss Tribe. Cool. And then yep. um, web address and social handles. Yeah, you can find me on all. Yeah, there you go. At Paige Batcher. Um, okay. All the all the main channels and okay. then if you want to go to empoweredbossmastermind.com you can learn more about that tribe that i'm creating and uh we'll help you get your sales pipeline built in a really incredible accountability tribe awesome let's see is there any typos in that that's it right there <laughs> cool i'm always worried about the typos <laughs> yeah Paige, thank you so much really appreciate you this was this was awesome and inspiring awesome. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, I'm excited to see everybody <laughs> over in the tribe. Ruben, you know, we'll be in touch because we're we got much more um, up our sleeves here. For sure. <laughs> Send me the link because I want to I want to uh, join as well to that to that Facebook group. Plus, I'll put it in the comments. Awesome. OK, amazing. Later. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. -bye.